While we all deal with the effects of coronavirus, it's important to keep our sanity, hope for the best, and act out of concern rather than acting out of fear. And one of the major concerns is that people are already losing their jobs, which is pretty sad. And when this is all over, a lot of us will be looking for one. So in this episode, I'm going to share some thoughts and tips based on my experience of hiring and mentoring some great individuals. By the way, if you haven't listened to the episode number eight, that's titled The First Step Towards Everything, please listen to that one first to understand what the first step towards landing a job should be. All right. So I'd like to start by saying this. Consider your job hunt a job in itself and get in the right mind frame to perform and do some serious work rather than making it an emotional ping pong between hope and frustration. Dress up, set up a desk and organize your schedule. Don't spend all time doing one thing. Have a more balanced approach and work on everything that's important. Use the power of documentation. Use the magic of documentation, I'd rather say. Use an Excel sheet, your MS Word, or whatever your favorite tool is to document your preparation, your plan, your goals, your performance while you're hunting for the job. The first thing that you want to do is identification. You want to identify your skills, the jobs that you're going to be applying for, and the employers and recruiters who would help you get to that job. Start with a document that lists all your skills and your experience that you already have. Then list down all the typical jobs that require that experience and skill set. And don't just think one industry unless that's really your choice. So what I mean to say is basically if you're a database administrator and you've worked your last uh, five years in the health sector or industry X, go ahead and apply for all the database administrator jobs that you could apply for in other sectors and other industries. You also want to list down the jobs that you want to apply for, but you currently don't have the skill set or the experience for them. And because you have that gap in the job requirement and your skill set, you want to be building your skill set before you can apply for that job. And this in itself is a separate topic, so I'm going to leave it for now and I'm going to keep the focus of this episode towards uh, a job hunt that's based on your current skill set and experience. So there are a few things that you want to do. Once you've listed your skills and experience, one of the things that you want to do is you want to write down your elevator pitch and you keep improving it as you gain more insight and get better advice from experts in the industry and your peers. An elevator pitch is a way to share your expertise, your credentials, and the value you're offering, the value you would bring to a certain company in a quick and effective manner with people who don't know you. It sounds something like this. I'm a sales professional experienced with technical sales of XYZ equipment in the ABC technology domain. In my recent job, I exceeded my yearly targets by 25% using various strategies that I've learned from experience and so and so professional trainings. This was just a rough idea, just to give you an understanding of what an elevator pitch looks like. If you do a little research using Google, I'm sure you'll come up with a lot of resources. The other thing that you want to identify, as I said, is the identification of employers and the recruiters in the area. And you want to create job alerts using keywords and you tweak those job alerts as you go. One of the reasons this is very important is because you don't want to overwhelm yourself with hundreds and hundreds of job alerts every day. You want to focus on quality rather than quantity. Tip number two, and this is very important, is to not go in multiple directions at the same time. If you're looking for a management role, 
you need to prep differently than what you would do for a developer's role. If you are applying for a developer's job, they don't care much about your project management skills. And if you're applying for a project manager's role, they mostly care about how you can manage a project against a financial and a time restraint. And if it's a product manager role, as opposed to being a project manager, you need to have more collaborative skills, technical background, and, and be comfortable with experimenting with products, etc., etc. If you're a design engineer, you need to have more hands-on experience with design-related tools. And if you're applying for a job that requires a lot of analysis, you probably need to be skilled with a whole different set of tools. So let's say you're applying for a technical analysis job. While a design experience in the same industry will complement those skills and your profile, most hiring managers won't really test you on your project management skills. So you identify the direction that you want to go in. Now what? Now you want to create a master job description that covers all the recurring requirements and skills in those job postings. Create a master resume based on that master description. And use a website like lifecareer.ca and there's tons of others um, for your resume building. The reason I say that is it helps a lot with efficiency and on those websites you can also find a lot of tools that can help you improve your resume, fix your resume, check your resume, etc, etc. So basically when you're going to be applying for a specific job, you're going to take your master resume and you're going to further fine tune it or tweak it to uh, bring it as close to the job posting as you can. Be creative if the top skills in a job description are your latest experience. Use the format that lists your latest job right after the objective. Otherwise, you want to use a format that has something like a profile summary to highlight that experience and skills before you list your jobs. Make sure your LinkedIn is updated and matches your resume. One of the most important things that will really help you in finding and landing a job is your professional network. So build your network. It is so important that I'm going to repeat the words. Build your network. And don't just focus on people who you think can help you get a job. Connect with as many people as you can, but avoid sending generic invites. Take your time sending personalized invites. Your invite should show that you're genuinely interested in connecting with them and not only for the purpose of finding a job. Join communities like Toastmasters. It'll not only help you building your soft skills, but it'll connect you with a lot of people from a very diverse professional background. Ask your friends to add you to their professional networks, be it a mailing list, a WhatsApp group, or a Facebook group, or any other platform. Take every interaction seriously, and every time you speak to someone or interact with someone, try to leave an impression. So you have identified your skills, your expertise, your experience, the jobs that you want to apply for, and you've built your network, and you've built your resume. Now what? You need to start applying for those jobs. Your best bet is to find someone who directly knows the hiring manager for the job and he can put your resume in his hand along with a good word. The better you develop your network, the better your chances of finding people who are willing to refer you. Since that's simply not possible for every other job that you apply for, your next bet bet is to go through a recruiter who already has a relationship with the employer and the hiring manager or at least have some repo that you don't. If you can apply for the same job directly through a company's website, and go through a recruiter as well. Prefer going through a recruiter instead of applying directly. Since in some companies and organizations, when you apply directly, the recruiter can't represent you anymore, or at least doesn't get his full commission. And that doesn't make you the best looking candidate for the recruiter. 
At the same time, you want to start looking for any volunteering opportunities that you can find. Since it's not just a good thing to do, but it also builds your skills, builds your network, and adds to your experience. Alright, so so far, we talked about identifying your jobs, your skills, building your resume, and what channels to use to apply for the job. Now you applied for the job, and now you want to start preparation for your interview. First and foremost, you want to seek expert advice and find yourself a mentor. Actually, find yourself a few mentors if you can. If you've done a good job at building your network, you should be able to find a few good mentors easily and trust me, many people are willing to help. You just have to ask. When you have a mentor, request them for mock interviews. If you can't have that in person, try it over the phone. And if you aren't getting that either, find a bunch of typical questions for the kind of job that you're applying for and practice answering them standing in front of a mirror. Always practice both technical as well as behavioral interview. When practicing for the interview, Focus on your existing strengths first and then also spend some time on building your new strengths. There's a bunch of great resources available online. I'll mention a few for example. Udemy is a website where you can find a course on pretty much any skill that you want to learn and even courses that help you prepare for a specific job interview. And then there's W3Schools. It's a website where you can find resources to learn a bunch of programming languages in a very methodical and very easy fashion. And these languages include Python, HTML, there's stuff on SQL, and so much more. Then there's a website for coders that's called HackerRank. It's a great website where you can not only learn to code, but also solve challenges. And every challenge that you solve improves your ranking. And this is a ranking that you can show off in an interview or your resume. Then there's two great platforms for data sciences and product management. They're Lombada School and Thinkful. These are two places where you can learn skills and the great thing is that you do not have to pay their fee unless you find a job. Now preparing for the soft skills is equally important so don't take that lightly. You can find a lot of free resources online. You can just go on YouTube and Google and search for behavioral interview questions and you would find a lot of helpful stuff. But just please don't overwhelm yourself. Manage your time well. Use the STAR approach when you're practicing for your interviews. What is the STAR approach? S stands for situation, T for task, A for action, and R for result. So what you want to do is, in a response to any question where they ask you what you did in a certain situation, or where you are asked to give an example of a problem that you solved, you want to start with explaining the situation briefly but clearly and then tell them about the task that was given to you or that you took over yourself and then walk them through your thought process on how you analyze the situation and based on your analysis how you came up with an idea of what you need to do and when you did that what was the result so that's the approach that you want to take be able to tell a story for every line in your resume don't be someone who claims to have a lot of expertise in a certain area but when asked in an interview fail to demonstrate that with clear examples and stories. Use analogies to explain complex or technical issues. If there's a whiteboard in the room, feel free to ask for permission to use that whiteboard and draw figures and diagrams to explain what you're trying to tell them. Because that's also an opportunity to demonstrate your people skills, your presentation skills, and your confidence. It's extremely important and crucial to prepare for answering the questions that you wouldn't know the answer of. 
It's not wise to think that you would know the answer to every single question being asked. A good hiring manager isn't expecting you to be able to answer every single question, but is looking for your ability to handle the unexpected in an intelligent way. For example, if you're a coder and you've used a different language than Python and the interviewer asked, you don't know the syntax in Python. You can say, I can pseudocode and find syntax on Google within a matter of minutes, and I hope your office is internet. Or for a specific skill that you don't have, you can say, I'm taking a course and I'm sure on every job there's a learning curve. In my previous job, when I started, I didn't know so and so, but I did take this program and within a matter of three months, I was able to do so and so. Just be clear in your example and demonstration. And based on that, you can claim that given an opportunity, you can do that again and prove yourself again. When you're practicing all of this, record yourself. Record yourself practicing your interview so you can review later, get your peers to review it, get your seniors to review it, and most importantly, get the experts and your mentors to review it. And after each review, you'll get a little better or a lot better. Let's do a quick summary. As a prequel to this episode, please listen to episode number 8 to find out the first steps that you need to take when starting your job hunt. That episode is called The First Step Towards Everything. In this episode, we mainly talked about how to land a job. And landing a job requires work in a well-organized fashion in three areas. Those three areas are identification, development, and interview preparation. When I say identification, I mean identification of your skills, the jobs that match your skills, and the employers and recruiters in that area. When I say development, I mean development of your resume, building your network or development of your network, and development of new skills. And area number three is the interview preparation area, where we talked about finding a mentor, practicing and doing mock interviews, recording yourself, and reviewing your performance and reviewing those recordings. And that's it in a nutshell. Before I say goodbye, here's a bonus offer. I have consolidated a bunch of career development and job hunt resources that I've received from many people over the past few months, but I can't attach those as files with my podcast. So please find my Facebook page, like and follow it, and send me a message there so I can share those resources with you. My Facebook page address is facebook.com slash the thought pod. I would spell it for you. T-H-E-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-P-O-T. That's facebook.com slash the thoughtbot. I'm also open for one-on-one conversations to answer any questions that you may have. All the best with your job hunt. And I end this episode with great hope that this corona situation would be over soon. And once we get through this, we will be able to look back with pride, knowing that we kept our faith stronger than our fear, that we were driven by compassion and not by greed. So that's it for today. You were listening to The Thoughtbot. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your families, friends, and networks. Tell me what you didn't like and what you disagree with. As I like to say it, let's share some thoughts and stir the pot. Catch you later. Goodbye.